I'm gonna hate that every time you start it that way. Hi, my name's Jack, and today we have one of the OGs of the first 30 episodes of the podcast. Hello, I'm SK. So what are we talking about today? Today we're gonna talk about the um, various ways of starting a story. Starting with the writing process versus starting at the beginning of the story. And yeah, we're also going to talk about other early story decisions that you should make, but are not necessarily the starting point of a story. And then finally, we'll finish it off with uh, our own personal strategies that we prefer. What are the different ways to start a story concerning the writing process? Well, one of the the ways that I would want to start with would be starting with the premise, because that is one of the ways that the experts really suggest starting. Essentially, it's just you're trying to, you know, answer the, the question of, you know, wouldn't it be cool if and just kind of explore the different possibilities and the challenges involved with uh, this idea, right? And essentially what it allows you to do is determine if the story is even worth writing before you actually get too far along with uh, with details and, and other things like that. So it kind of, it lets you start with sort of the, the high level concepts of the story idea and look at them broadly and kind of just explore where the story could potentially go and then analyze it and say, okay, is this even worth me getting into? And that's that's uh, the way that, that most uh, writing experts kind of suggest you start. But, you know, most other starting points that we'll cover, you know, a little bit later here actually can be used to then start back here again. So then, so can you give an example of a premise? A great one would be like uh, the example of Breaking Bad, right? A high school chemistry teacher discovers he has cancer, and so he starts cooking meth to make enough money to provide for his family, is essentially the premise of that show. It introduces the, the basic idea of who the main character is, what their motivation for doing what they're doing is, what it is they're doing, uh, and what their their end goal is, and so it's it's just kind of the broad strokes, uh, high level concepts of the idea, and you can look at it and go, does this excite me? And you can use that to kind of explore what the possibilities of that concept are. Right, Breaking Bad didn't have to go the way it went; it could have gone a number of different ways. Is the premise synonymous with the beginning of a story? No, it's the high level concept of the story. So the what would say specifically what is the premise of Breaking Bad? An aged teacher gets cancer and decides to cook meth. Is that that's premise? The premise is would be the um, introducing the main character of the story, the inciting incident, the thing that makes them have to go on this journey, whatever it is, uh, thing they're actually doing throughout the story, and then ultimately what they're hoping to accomplish by doing so. And so Breaking Bad's is a high school chemistry teacher gets cancer and or discovers he has cancer and starts cooking meth in order to provide for his family. Right. So those are the four those four points. And that's what you want to do with the premise is kind of nail down what those four things are, along with some other details so that you can kind of look at the story from a high level and and analyze if it's even worth going into and also explore the different possible directions it could go. Okay. Okay. And then who, how do you judge that? It's it's up to you. That so something like the reason that this is this would be like one of the cons of starting this way is just that analyzing um, the story from this high of a level, you know, is is really difficult to do. You can't really do it without having experience in probably writing a few different stories and knowing kind of what the process will be, so that you can, from a high level concept, kind of explore the different possibilities and then go, well. I know that at this point in the process, that's not going to be possible, or these two things aren't going to work together, or this is just isn't exciting me, or it's not going to excite anybody else. You can really only answer those kind of questions once you have experience writing stories. So it is kind of a difficult thing to do if you're first starting out. It's like writing a rough draft of events 
based on mm-hmm. your simple idea. You don't want to pick something ultra specific and then run with it for too long because that's exactly it's a very amateur approach to take an idea that you're really in love with and then run it into the ground and realize that you've written a story that doesn't excite you isn't very good and suddenly you hate the idea of it so does somebody want to talk about uh starting with a character uh so characters are the people in a story generally yeah Generally, generally. It doesn't have to be people, but like the important figures, agents in a story mm-hmm. who possibly have a weakness, they're trying to reach a goal, they have people against them. <laughs> to be clear, this is a different approach rather than starting with a premise, starting with interesting characters. Yeah. Right, like an interesting character like Forrest Gump. Like you open with Forrest Gump, people love him. It's like, that's a good way to start. That's actually a really great example. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. A very, very interesting character who the story is something that could have been anything, but it's all about how the character sees the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This story, in a way, doesn't even like it's secondary to his character or something or like it's integral, but like the character kind of comes first in my mind, not the story. Yeah, I feel like this is um, one of these one of the starting points that kind of comes the most naturally to a lot of writers. They just kind of have some character that that they have in mind, or just kind of uh, I've heard it described as like they just come to them, you know, almost already fully fleshed out. Um, that's, that's not what she said. Oh my god, Tom, please. Yeah, this is what I've heard a lot of writers um, kind of describe their starting point as. Yes, it's easy to get like an emotional connection with a character instead of like mm-hmm. a setting. I mean, and and doing this, like you might not even have like the actual story idea or a story like in mind. You might not even be thinking about it in terms of story initially. You might just be like, "Wow, this character that I you know come up with is really interesting. I just I'm, I want to know what their life is." And so you start diving into what's happened to them, and you start exploring what their life has been and that kind of just naturally evolves into a story concept of just following their life so what makes why choose one character to start as opposed to another what do you need what's the ingredients to a good starting character that's a tough question uh it should be interesting yeah that's really it do you give a shit about them the one major drawback of starting with a character is that again in the amateur realm is making a character that they like but is too idealized or too perfect to the writer themselves and the character isn't actually inherently interesting so it's important for your character to be interesting and not necessarily be a good or bad person as long as they're interesting for us to observe and interact with you might have a good decent character but a character can't be a perfect idealized version of something just because you like it right right so it has to be it has to be like realistic i i think truby said something like it's about their flaws it's like not like superheroes we don't care as much about their powers and about their weaknesses or something exactly and usually in superhero movies it's like or stories in general the you know the, the power that they get usually is in kind of direct contrast with you know some fundamental character flaw that they have at the beginning it's assuming we don't have like an anti-hero I feel like the anti-hero approach is something that we find to be such a useful trope, but in modern cinema, I think it's something that we rely too heavily on to make a, a an inherently good character dark and interesting. Like the Joker, for example? Sure. Giving somebody a tragic past doesn't mean that they're an interesting character. That's true. The thing is, the Joker is a very interesting character. The easiest way to make a character interesting is actually to hide information from the audience. Tease out, or, or tease, you know, some some sort of something under the surface that the character is, you know, not sharing or is not directly apparent about them. It's all about behavior. If the yeah. character behaves in an interesting way, but we don't know why they do it, and we're still interested, it's probably a good character. To go back to the, to the superhero idea, I think a, a good example of a modern superhero movie that's actually doing something interesting with the character is 
Shazam. Yeah. Going against the character's flaws. The idea that Billy Batson is a child gifted with the powers of a god who should be helping people because he can chooses not to. And only by the time that he realizes that he needs to help people does he actually, you know, attempt to deal with his flaws. Right. But it's the juxtaposition of a character given an ability or given a quest that goes against their flaws and puts them into some kind of peril where they have to make decisions that they don't want to make. And the only reason, the only way that they're really um, put into those kind of situations where they're challenged in some way is by having to interact with other characters. And a character doesn't actually have to be a human. Like it, it literally can be an inanimate object as long as the main character is interacting with it in some way and it's somehow challenging them. It, it's a character. One of the things to look out for when you're starting a story with um, with a character idea is that a lot of writers will also be like, oh, I'm going to throw in and all these quirky little characterizations and, and mannerisms and stuff uh, to make them, quote, unique, end quote. But that's actually like the number one way of making a character feel exactly the same as every other, quote, unique character. Do they in some way contrast with other characters? That's the only way to make them unique is by making them contrast and, and highlighting the thing that makes them unique, which is they hold a position or, or they do something or they have some behavior that another character does not. And thus, they're different from that character. Thus, they're more unique. This point goes, on, goes beyond the scope of starting with character. Yes, it does. It does. So to, to summarize this last little bit, having good characters that bring conflict out of one another because of their different ideals or methods mm -hmm. create good drama. If a character can interact with another character and they don't fight about something, they don't argue about something, they're probably not that useful together nope. in terms of an interesting scene. Exactly. But moving on from that, let's take another approach. The mm -hmm. world. Inventing yeah. the world in which your story takes place before you even look at characters, before you even figure out what your story's about. Mm -hmm. Maybe it takes place in a unique setting. Maybe maybe you want to, you know, you're looking to uh, create this really cool map or or maybe you have some languages in mind and uh, you want to explore what the races that right. would speak them are. Right, there's like Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Right. Point. The setting can okay. be bigger than the character. Yeah, they yeah. have dystopians. You know, that's mm -hmm. a big popular thing. Yeah, yeah. And something about, um, you know, starting with a world is that no matter what type of world you start out with, it will always carry an implicit moral message about how the world should or shouldn't be. So if you make some sort of dystopian world, you are saying something that about how whatever it is that makes that world dystopian, that's the wrong way to be. Uh-oh. Yeah, looking at any world-building exercise, the psychological element of it is, why do you find that world interesting? It's either because you want it to be that way, or you really disagree with it ever being this way. Exactly. And you might not know that right away, and you'll only get to understand that about yourself as you continue to write. Same mm -hmm. thing with characters, same thing with building with premises. Right. And and you might find by the end you'd love Big Brother too. Maybe. Um one of the one of the pros though of starting this way is that if you can develop a world that is detailed enough or uh, expansive enough, it could potentially serve you for for many different stories, right? You don't have to just uh, tell one story within it. If it's if it's grand enough, then multiple stories could take place within the same world. You know, that can be a little bit of a of a fun thing for your readers. If they're if they're truly, you know, independent stories, that can be a fun thing for your readers or yeah. viewers as the case may be to be like, "Oh, yeah, this you know, this takes place in the same world as this other story." You know. Right. If the world is epically diverse enough that we are mm -hmm. interested with even slightly other 
facets of it. Right. And you can have, in terms of having stories take place in the same world, you can have a pretty good diversity of stories. Looking at worlds like the fantasy realm of Tolkien, uh, the sci-fi adventure of you know the Star Wars universe, yeah. the, the magical setting of Harry Potter. Yep. We have a lot of different worlds in which many, many stories can take place, and they can be intimately related or not. The thing is, the setting is interesting enough. We like the rules of the world enough that we can expand on it. But there's a lot of ne- there's a lot of negatives to starting this way, though. There are. Like what? Well, uh, <laughs> it's very, very easy to reuse fantasy or sci-fi tropes that people have seen before. Well, that's a double-edged sword. It's it's interesting. It is. It's hard to get away from the tropes of sci-fi and fantasy because mm-hmm. you're never going to get out of Tolkien's shadow in terms of fantasy, fantasy, high fantasy. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's impossible, but there's there's almost no way to completely shed every association with fantasy that Tolkien has built. It's not a bad thing to no. use what's familiar because if you can make it interesting in its own right, then no one's going to care if you have creatures that look like orcs right. and call them something else. Right. As long as the orcs are actually interesting. And also, comedy depends on using tropes and then making them unexpected in some way, like a That's comedy true. story. Right. If you have the, the presence of mind to include satirical elements in your story, that's more power to you. That's great. Yeah. I wanted to say something about um, the uh, the tropes. I, d- I don't mean that using the tropes is necessarily a bad thing. I just mean if if you go, oh, I'm going to make a fantasy world that, you know, reuses Tolkien races and, and, right. and whatever, right? That's fine. I mean... Obviously, you can't explicitly use the same races because trademark, but uh, <laughs> or copyright. But but you know you can use a, a lot of the same concepts. It just means that your world isn't shouldn't be the most interesting thing. Interesting thing about your story at that point, you should you're you're basically going well. Look, we're in a fantasy setting. Like just you know this is something you've seen before. Don't worry about it. It's just the setting for the thing that is interesting about this story. Uh, so if you're starting your your story um, with with a world try to make it as unique as possible if that is in fact your goal is to make a unique and interesting world so as an artist you know maybe you don't know this about me but as an artist working in in the industry you know working with industry professionals you learn quickly that fantasy and sci-fi are the hardest realms to work in in terms of what you're allowed to do in terms of design and world because you can't be too foreign you can't be too uh, unique because if you get to 100% uniqueness, if you get to 100% uniqueness, then people stop relating. You can stretch this. It's the 80-20 rule or the 60-40. It's somewhere in the range of 80-20, 60-40. The idea is that as long as a majority of the content is familiar to us, you can experiment with the rest. Otherwise, it becomes too experimental. Right. It's like if I give you a book to read, but the book was cut up like a slinky. That's too different. It's readable if you understood it, but it's so foreign to you that you can't really enjoy it for what it is. So yeah, we can go ahead and, and, and jump on to the next starting point. Starting with a moral message. If you're, if you're going to start with a moral message, the idea is that you are starting with some kind of moral viewpoint that you want to convey, you want to express to others. It's, it's you know, something from your own life or some realization or choice uh, that you can imagine. Essentially, you are telling your audience, look... This is what I've discovered. This is what this is this is what you should follow, essentially. Or at least in this specific situation, this is what you should follow, right? That might be very focused. Ideally, it would be a greater message that you can expand to anyone's life, but you know, you can't you're not gonna be able to guarantee that for, for everyone, right? You don't know everybody's life, so but it should be, you know, some sort of moral message that that can be applied to a a large amount of people, right? You you can think of it as um, this is how 
life is within this story. This is the interpretation of life in this story. And if you've done it well enough, then most people will relate to it. They might not exactly agree with it, but they should feel something. Is this a different from premise? In what ways? Yes. So premise is more about the interesting sides of the story kind of at a high level. What is what's happening in the story? Whereas a moral message is you don't even you don't even know what character or or world is gonna uh, be taking place in. You don't know anything about the story. You just go, you know what, I had this realization about what life is. I want to make a story about it. Now I need to figure out how to tell an interesting story that has this message at its core. And by doing that, essentially, the way you would do that is is by creating characters that, that represent either that moral message or the exact opposite of that moral message. And then you have characters um, essentially interact as a way of kind of contrasting and arguing the point. What is good about starting this way is it kind of gives you um, some focus and it gives you guides for defining your characters um, and how they're going to behave and what they're going to do. Does it have to be like a high moral concept like, life is dispensable like in avengers with uh what's his I mean, name it, thanos ideally yeah ideally it should be it can be a grand concept if you'd like it to be but it can it can be something as simple as relationships like you don't cheat on somebody or something i mean it's a message that most people can understand it's not super interesting which maybe makes the story a little lacking don't but cheat on how people you tell it. another thing to look out for with uh with starting this way with the moral message well, two things. One, your moral message can just inherently be wrong. You might not, you're probably not as clever as you think you are. You're probably not wiser than the rest of the world. So by having a concrete position that you're just starting out with, it, it's hard to, it, it's hard to come across as somebody who hasn't explored all the different ways of looking at a given issue. If you're kind of starting your story with, I have the answer. So it, and then if you don't do it, a good job even if you have done uh, you know your research and, and you've explored all the viewpoints and stuff if you don't do a good job of actually having your story explore all the, the viewpoints then your story can still come across as being preachy so if you know the character who always does the thing you think is right is the one who always wins and the, the people who do all the bad things are the ones who always lose it's probably not gonna be well received um, because a lot of people are gonna see themselves in the characters who are doing the bad thing and and it's going to feel like you're telling them you're a terrible person. Maybe they are. <laughs> um, so maybe you should think about this uh, before you actually try to start this way. Starting with a moral message can lead you to coming off as an asshole, frankly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're too firm about the idea. Power corrupts. Into, exactly. Which kind of leads us into the next starting point, which would be the a central idea. It's very similar, but instead of having the answer... Uh, I have a moral message and this is the right way to be. It's more you're starting with a question of what is the right way to be. You're basically allowing the characters and the story itself to explore the idea without even having a necessarily even an endpoint in mind or, a, or an answer in mind. It's kind of a way to avoid the pitfalls from starting with a moral message. You're not going to necessarily come across as somebody who hasn't explored all the options because that's literally what the story is about, is exploring the options and trying to come to some sort of answer or maybe just explore them and never come to an answer because life is more complicated than just having a single answer. Yeah, you can think of it as a moral message, but very freeform. Cool. And you might even learn something 
about the idea yourself. Ideally, if you have uh, a moral message or just the central idea, this is a little bit beyond the scope of starting your story, but having the central idea or having a moral message, you should ideally bounce back and forth between having a central idea and a moral message. You shouldn't believe that you have the right answer going into your story, because if you feel that way, you're going to come off like an asshole. The best way to be is to be open to your own story. Critique yourself. Be open to the, everyone else's ideas. Whether they're good or bad, everybody has an idea and an opinion. And you might learn something from someone's opinion, even if it isn't positive. Someone might tell you that this sucks. Well, why do they think it sucks? Sometimes that's the more relevant point of, of criticism. Yeah, actually listen to why they think it sucks, right? Don't just be like, well, they're just an asshole. They're trying to be mean and say it sucks. No, listen to what they're saying and try to make it better. So let's, yeah, let's pipe in a point about criticism here real quick. <laughs> Allowing yourself to be critiqued is something you're just going to have to learn yeah. as an amateur. It's something that you just, you're just going to have to get over it. Mm -hmm. As an artist, you have to get over it. This is, it's one of the first things to tell you in art school is that if you're going to be an artist, you have to be ready to have some thick fucking skin, boy, because it's, it's not going to work out for you if you can't take criticism. Right. And being savvy to what criticism is, is actually the best thing you can do. Because there's a difference between commentary and criticism. Someone can say that, oh, this looks terrible, or they can say, oh, it looks great. One makes you feel good, one makes you feel bad, but neither of them have any substance. Right. Criticism is about improving. Exactly. The person criticizing you is somebody who has taken in, or at least the ideal criticism, is somebody who's right. actually taken in <laughs> everything criticism. you've done. Yeah. And is able to actually express what it is specifically they don't like, and then you can take that in and, and modify it. Accordingly, like if like how choose. the critics were horrified by all the crotch shots in Cats, for example. Sure. I mean, if you wrote Cats, then yeah, you might want to you might want to take that criticism to heart. If I'm being honest. Anyway, so back to places we start from. Uh, specific scenes. Specific scene. So sometimes when you're writing uh, or when you're getting started, um, you might have just a very specific uh, scene in mind. Like you can just picture it. This could be you know two characters you know in the middle of a breakup. You know they have a real. You can just picture the uh, the really heated dialogue between them or maybe you're somebody who's really into action and you just you picture this really cool action sequence or something like that and i don't know you know it could be anything uh but it's just it's some specific scene within the story that really needs broader context right but it's it's the starting point and so from there you kind of go okay who are these characters why are they doing the thing that i just imagined um <laughs> for you know whatever reason and so you kind of you kind of go from there and it can it can branch into literally any of the other starting points right it can go into character it can go into the setting it could go into oh, wow, there was this really heated argument and, you know, there was a point that was made. That might be my central moral message, you know. Um, it can go into anything, any of the other starting points, but it's kind of just, you have this this scene in, in your mind and, and you roll with it. And it's a really, really great way to start. Mm -hmm. Finding some kind of intense conflict or tension that is interesting to you inherently is a great place to start, especially if you can relate to one of the characters or make them both compelling yeah and yeah it does lead it back into the other structural elements mm -hmm. if you can think that structurally in the beginning you might not have the awareness to say oh that's the central message right. you know this is exactly what i'm trying to get at you might not know right away and it's okay not to know because it will change as you write having a specific scene in mind especially if it's something that's really dramatic might be a really really great approach for you if that's where you want the story to end because it's really it's really important to know where the story ends yeah it is and that's actually a great way to start is knowing where the story's supposed to end where you're supposed to get to yeah i think i think for starting with a scene 
The negative is that this, this is like the Stephen King style of writing of I'm just going to keep writing the thing that I'm visualizing until I can't think of anything anymore. It's, it's easy to just kind of become a rambling story without any kind of direction. And maybe you go back and try to, to add structure later, but, oh God, um, it's just, if you write the whole story from just rambling scene after scene after scene after scene, you're, it's, it's, it will never be as good as a story that started with an actual structural spine behind it. And it can be very easy to kind of just get into that. So even if you do start with like a scene and you're going to then go and, and try to define the structural elements afterward, you have to be okay with maybe that first scene isn't even going to be in the story at the end because you might find the more interesting story structurally later and yeah. the scene might not even fit into it later. That's a point I wanted to make is that a lot of times when you start with a specific scene, you might find that the tension in the scene is the most interesting part of it, right. not necessarily what's happening. Exactly. And as as a beginner or an amateur, you might find yourself really married to the idea of having that scene be in there somewhere. And it's a it's a drown your baby situation yep. where you even though it's a really great idea and it's a really great scene, it might not fit into the superstructure of your story. Right. You, you might have to pick it apart and take the tension and put it in other places because it, it just doesn't fit anymore. Yeah. So you got a series of loosely related events. Is that so? I guess you have this is from like you have ideas for scenes and you're not really sure how they link up, but you want to begin by trying to link them. It's sort of like you have you don't have a lot of details ideas in any particular about events, scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a story um, arc. You have the events in an arc, but you don't maybe not maybe all even the part. not yeah maybe not all the maybe not all the details of an arc, but like you know okay. I know that, like, I want to set this thing up so that something dramatic over here can happen. And, like, maybe I want these two characters to get together, but only after a certain ha- certain thing happens, right? You might have a lot of, like, little pieces that are all kind of just jumbled together, and you're not quite sure how they fit together yet. So that's definitely a, a valid way of starting. And just like all the other starting points, you know, it, it could easily lead into any of the other ones, you know. And it, in fact, probably is the most closely related to premise, because you're seeing a lot of the... The kind of high level interesting moments of your story and so you can kind of start tracing out a little bit of the um the overall structure and thus you're kind of getting the uh the overall premise of the story uh from that or at least you could i should have been taking notes but i didn't okay adaptation adaptation is a, an approach to storytelling in which you take already existing material and adapt it into another form which is something that seems easy but depending <laughs> on how you change format, it, it can be very, very difficult. Anybody who's ever seen a, mo- a book turn into a movie can testify to the fact that it's very difficult to make something that's actually good. <laughs> the thing is, that if you're adapting a book into a movie, your, your primary approach would be, let's make a good movie. Let's not tell the book in 90 minutes. The the way that like a story in the book is told, you know, that particular story, a lot of times, you know, it's it needs to be told through a book. So to adapt that into a movie, it might not even be possible. But if you do try, then what you need to, yeah, exactly. What, like you said, it, it, it should be about making a good movie. So that's about understanding. Um, well, yes. <laughs> um, but also, you know, what is the scope of your story? And if the scope of the book is too broad, then it might not be possible to adapt it into a, a single movie. If you can take that and focus on one subset of of the scope of the book in that one movie, then that might be doable. It, you might piss off people who have read the book because like, right. well, you didn't even touch on all this cool stuff. And it's like, well, we had to do something, right? But yeah, you're, you're like uh, SK said, you should uh, 
absolutely be your goal of it should be telling a good story within that format not copying the thing over and cutting out the you know random bits to make it fit so one of the the pros of starting a story this way is that you have a, a, an enormous amount of content usually to work absolutely. with absolutely so you could write a movie that takes place in the star wars universe using all the canon material and have a really great movie with really great characters that people are either familiar with or willing to love having a beloved content is actually a, a really really great thing the yeah. thing is that we find a lot of content goes to the wrong directors or the wrong writers mm-hmm. or we feel mm-hmm. like you know tim burton shouldn't be making that movie well i think this is um something that something like uh, fan fiction falls into right uh when you sure. want to change the way a story goes because you want on the internet usually it's because you want two characters to get together or all the characters to get together slash um, fiction <laughs> But really any kind of form of uh, fan fiction where you take the original story and um, and modify it into something else, that is adaptation, right? It's just not legal. Yeah, well, you can't sell it. <laughs> it's not lucrative. Uh, you have to get the rights first, but... Unless it's Fifty Shades of Grey. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, then you just okay. change the character names and change the setting, and then you're fine. Um, Fifty Shades of Purple. That would be something. That would be something. <laughs> to adapt an adaptation? Jesus. That'd be crazy. Well, there's a, there's a really clever... Um, uh, video that uh, Lessons from the Screenplay did on the movie Adaptation, which is a movie that's based on a book called Adaptation about somebody who's trying to adapt a story from one format to another. And, it's a good man. Um, <laughs> layers uh, and, of irony for me. Well, yeah, and and that's and the the the, vi- the YouTube video just talking about it is about him trying to come up with how to make the video to talk about it. Um, oh. Yeah, it's like because that's what the movie does, right? And so it's like it's all about. Yeah, that kind of meta upon meta uh-huh. upon meta. That's metafiction, dog. Yeah. But I think that's a clever way of doing metafiction. That we've, we can touch on metafiction later. So yeah, that's basically, that's really all the um, kind of the, st- the starting points that we've uh, identified. Tom, there was some uh, ideas that you had about how you might start a story that uh, I think you should bring up because we'll... We'll touch on on those and why they might not be a good idea to start with. Sure. Uh, well, Truby said in an interview, when a writer is developing a story idea, right at the beginning of the writing process, they come up against the biggest decision they have to make, and that's what genre is this story. The main reason that writers fail at the premise, and 90% of screenplays fail at the premise, is that they chose the wrong genre to develop the story. Now, that's, that's a good point, because it is important to decide what genre you're writing in. What's the length of your story? What format is it going? Going to be in you know is it going to be a uh, standalone story or is it going to be a serial if it's going to be a serialized thing is it going to be episodic or continuous you know all these different things these are all important things to kind of decide on early on however they are not necessarily starting points you can't start a story by saying i want it to be a western and that's it and think that you can develop a story you have to have some idea of what is going to be told within that western in order to actually start the story starting a story uh with genre is again it's the wrong approach it's not something that you couldn't possibly do because a lot of movies get made that are purely based on the genre and end up being terrible a lot of horror movies fast and furious nine sure if we can call fast and furious a genre (laughs) <laughs> it is it is by now after nine movies but the idea of starting with a genre is like buying a halloween costume for somebody you've never met you don't know if it's <laughs> going to fit you don't know if it fits their personality you right. don't know if someone is going to fit inside that costume or not and the person that fits inside that costume is your premise right <laughs> the genre has to be applied to a story that can handle that genre it's not mm-hmm. the other way around you could work backwards but you're always going to find yourself stuck in a box or trying to fit something that doesn't just doesn't fit into it you know 
and, you're, and your story is going to suffer for it because you're either going to have to uh, leave out something that should have been in there in order to make it fit a particular genre, or you're not going to be able, because of the story you're trying to tell, you're not going to be able to hit all the uh, expected genre tropes um, that people are expecting. And so it's going to fail at that point as well. To play off that idea real quick, there's a, a great example is just the horror genre in general. Yeah. It's it's incredibly hard to write a good horror movie because most people start at, I want to write a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So you fill up with just the horror tropes. Writing a horror movie with the idea of, it's just a horror movie, it's supposed to be scary, it's not going to get you anywhere. Because there are certain things we expect out of horror movies. The thing is that if you pick a horror movie and you end up writing a very dramatic thriller where we're supposed to actually feel for the characters, if it's a horror movie, I'm, I might not give a shit about the characters. Because I know they're disposable. I know they're dispensable. Because there are genre expectations. There's been many opportunities to redefine genres. It's happened. But you're not going to do it by filling it with tropes and then saying, oh, but it's not bad. The point I'm trying to make here is that intention in, in terms of every aspect of the story is really important. It is. If you have an idea... If you know where you're going with it, then great. If you don't know, explore until you know. You shouldn't be doing anything just because. Exactly. If someone, you should, It shouldn't be because someone expects you to do it. It shouldn't be because you expect it out of your own story. You don't know what you expect yet. Find what makes sense and what makes you feel something. If it doesn't make you feel something, you might want to ditch it. I would also like to expand on the um, what you said was, uh, you know, it's, it's about intention. And it's not just your own intention. It's also how your intention comes across and how what the audience perceives as your intention. If the audience perceives your intention to be preaching to them about a moral message, then it doesn't matter if that wasn't your intention. It's how it was perceived, and thus that's how your story is going to be defined. So it's 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 important to not only know what you're trying to do, but know how it will be perceived by your audience. Having awareness. Exactly. And that's that's a that's something the amateur just doesn't have right away. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there, you could have the, the best of intentions. If you're just not thinking conceptually high level enough, you might not be aware of how you're actually coming across. Which critics will be very glad to show you how. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you're going to you're going to hear about it. <laughs> they will tell you. The yeah. thing is, you might have to biff your first few good stories. That's yeah. just that's just how things go. Yep. But you can't cry over the the first couple bad ones. Just yep. write some new ones. Yep. Just keep going. And maybe you can adapt them later, and you'll be so good at it that no one will even know that it was Space Cast 9. (laughs) God. Now, I wanted to talk a bit about how we each approach writing a story. Sure. Tom, um, I'd be interested to hear how you have started stories in the past. Sure. I usually am inspired by something like a photo or I I see like a scene out of context from like uh, something on the TV and I picture what if this happened? So it's kind of mm-hmm. like not like a premise, but I kind of can see it. Like in my story, I in my story Flipjack, I just pictured this kind of girl woman in a unicolored jumpsuit just biking around this insane city that's on fire. And she's just like drugged up or something on like these substances. And she delivers sausages and macaroni and like these other substances, which are secret. Uh, like kind of like she's like not like a dealer but she transports these drugs around to all these people who are like well fuck the world's on fire and like there's like the annual tornado of doom it's like a really shitty world i don't know Mm -hmm. how society is still functioning in this world but all the characters are pretty awful i like i don't want likable characters i want them all to have like deep flaws and to be kind of horrific in a way 
like all mm. of their and their beauty i think i would like to put that in there too but i want every character to be like i have no idea how i feel about that character i just heard the central idea ladies and gentlemen it sounds to me like you kind of start with the um the scene then um at least at least in this instance right you kind of you you saw a picture or or you saw a scene out of context um right she's else. she's biking from one location to right. another to drop off this macaroni which has a little bit of dust of sunshine or something in it sure and so you're like okay well what the hell is happening here why right. is this in my head okay what is going on immediately you're intrigued by what the hell is this uh and so you start expanding interesting to me this kind of points out that all of the approaches are intimately related yeah because depending on what sentence tom is on you can you can look at it from a different viewpoint mm. it starts out with the scene then it starts out with loosely related events mm-hmm. and then it shifts to the world then to the message mm-hmm. we're all over the place and you really should be exactly inspiration comes from anywhere yeah no, i think that i think that's um a great way of saying it because that's i think that's ultimately what our point of this episode is is that there's a lot of different ways to start the story and they are definitely all very intimately related there's no wrong or right way to do it so how would you say you start a story jack in one instance it was uh, a series of events but also slash uh, adaptation a certain uh, uh alternate timeline story that sk and i were working on but usually if i'm writing my own it's difficult for me to conceive of some character or location or something like that and so usually the way i start it is with some observation of the world or people or or something and i want to explore that idea so i usually start with either the central idea or a moral message but you know i i try to go okay here's what i think is kind of the the moral message but what are viewpoints directly against that and how can i make them as believable of viewpoints as possible and so i start creating characters based around uh, uh having those viewpoints and so it just kind of organically evolves from there it's like what, what what kind of idea yeah what's uh can you give a specific example well i mean i guess i guess bob's yeah it was a central idea or central concept right it was uh who came up with the concepts around how you're supposed to to fight ghosts and demons and such like there's there doesn't seem to be any sort of rigorous testing involved um it's just <laughs> a bunch of arbitrary rules yeah. so what if you had a character who you know f- did all the testing and just knew all the different ways that that uh demons and ghosts actually operate and it was something that nobody else had ever really been able to put together because they're so ass backwards, unconnected pieces of information. That's what it seems like. <laughs> so you know, he he just kind of knows all these things, and so that's kind of how that that story started is just kind of expanding on this central idea of why the hell is it like this in reality? Let's make a parody of it, uh, and so other characters evolve from basically having viewpoints on that central idea of uh, somebody who you know directly follows, uh, say, the church's teachings, or somebody who's completely completely oblivious to it and doesn't believe any of this shit you know a lot of the different viewpoints that that could would go along with hunting ghosts or demons for the sake of context for bob just for those who are not savvy which is everyone except us bob is a a working title for something that we've been working on for a a while so it's it's beyond starting it's beyond conception this is Mm -hmm. we've gone through the point of actually approaching it from a very very fair and structural point of view using expert techniques Mm -hmm. this might sound structurally ideal on how to approach a story 
but it didn't start that way. Well, I mean, and and you know, just in exploring it, you know, we discovered the um, more of the 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 moral messages that are involved and the psychological messages that we have, and we've we fleshed out the world and we've figured out the different characters' arcs and what we want to do with them and what we're trying to say with it. You know, we've we've discovered a lot of these other things by going through these different uh, processes. But, you know, so they all do, you know, relate to each other and can feed off of each other. They're they're interrelated very intimately. And so even though you do, you know, start with one thing, uh, it's, you're going to stumble onto all the other things as well. So SK, what about you? I'm not exactly sure. I, I'm not super aware of it. I mean, I know that you know, once you start talking about it, you reveal your intentions. I would say that I, I often start with scenes. I like to listen to music when I think about visual things. It's just, how I work. So a lot of times I sync action to music in my head, and mm. sometimes I get something really interesting out of that. Do you picture specific characters? Uh, sometimes I have like a like a I'd say a repertoire of just visual characters. Something you know, something like maybe something I've stolen from Capcom, mm-hmm. <laughs> really developed content. Something that's just melted in my head to the point where it's actually something unique looking. Um, SK, you you mentioned music and uh i had an idea based on a song actually that kind of made me think of man this is this the, the lyrics of this song are kind of dark i i can i can picture like the ending of a story that would be really just heart-wrenching play play to this based tune. on <laughs> this was a triumph um and so i'm trying to kind of figure out how in the hell i would get to that point in a story i don't want to go too far into that just because it's literally just the terrible shit and i don't want to just be like yeah i find this really terrible shit interesting because <laughs> um, the interesting thing to me is like the the emotional impact it has on the audience that's that's another common starting point for me is is what what will the audience experience be so uh but that one you know again i'm trying to even discover what the hell could the moral message of this even possibly be when it's just this terrible <laughs> i like i like that y'all uh, go back to music because i do that too like i'll put on a random song and see if i picture something relevant to a mm-hmm. scene and like right. try to capture that's that emotion secret. you know <laughs> that's my secret that's how i find all the drama in my stories it's <laughs> in the music essentially music's powerful so i would say that for the most part when i approach stories i i like to go with either scenes or uh the series of loosely related events Mm -hmm. i think very visually so i I like to have uh, a lot of gesture so Mm. which is which is funny for me because i like to work with dialogue so much but um i would say that the loosely related events i like i like the emotional appeal of things happening quickly Mm. that have built up over time and just for the sake of starting a story i like to i like to have something really powerful to work with Mm -hmm. and then jump forward and backward so i can box it in kind of figure out what it's supposed to be and a lot of times i i find that um that one thing that started it i have to dismantle because it doesn't work anymore you know that one scene you have to pick it apart and just Mm -hmm. take the tension and put it elsewhere so i would say that's probably the closest approach i have except for like fantasy related things that i like to start with characters because you can play with the fantasy elements and still have that backdrop of you know 60 percent tolkien you know right i you don't have to do so much world building on the front end so you can make a character as interesting put them in an interesting setting air quotes interesting you don't have to recreate the hero myth you can just put it on new skin throw it out there with a new skin on it (laughs) that that sounds very lazy Are there any wrong ways to start a story? Are some ways better than others? Well, we've talked on like early decisions you should make about a story that are not necessarily starting points. So genre, format, length, serial versus uh, one-off. All that, those are early decisions to make, but they're not starting points. 
just because they they're they're meaningless as starting points. They they need to be given meaning by some fundamental idea that you have. You shouldn't begin with a constraint. Right, exactly. Exactly. And not, and not a not a constraint within the story itself, a constraint with how the story is told. The story exactly. you're telling should be free form until you know what it's supposed to be. Exactly. But otherwise, I mean, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know if there is a, a wrong way to start. I would um, say that there isn't. I don't think that any of the ideas that we talked about in this episode are really no. better than other ones. I would say that some people like to go higher and more high concept. They like to right. approach it from a very structural point of view once they really understand the structure. Mm-hmm. But that might not be exactly how they start. Every one of these approaches is intermingled with the others to a point exactly. where they could be the exact same approach. And that approach is storytelling. Right. Yeah. So what matters is that you just start somewhere and get the ball rolling. Yeah. Yes, very much so. So don't start out by saying, and then all the characters were dead. That would be a bad way to start a story. Or maybe a great way to start a story. Or maybe it's a great story. It might be. No, the worst thing you can do is throw yourself in a box and wonder, why is this box so constricting? Yeah. You pick the box, idiot. Be open and be willing to throw a lot of stuff out as you discover the better story. Ooh, but how do you do that? That sounds complicated. Let's practice. Choosing a format. That's our last bit. This falls, this falls again, I think, into the idea of choosing a genre. Once you have the ball rolling on your idea and you have something mm-hmm. that you think you can work with, then I would start narrowing down maybe not what one specific format it should be, just right. the formats it shouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. If you're going to tell this fucking nine-hour epic, it's probably not a poem. There's I epic mean, it poetry. Could be. It could there be. There are epic poems, exactly. It could be. I mean, there's the divine comedy, but yeah. do you want the right to the divine comedy? Shakespeare is all in pentamic diameter right, or whatever. Right. Yeah, but I would consider that <laughs> yeah. theater. True. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Just be, it's poetic, but it's not exactly a poem. Right. I think I think part of it is kind of d- figuring out, you know, what are the legs that the story has? How long does it need to be? I think de- I think determining length of the story is is sure. uh, something that you would choose before you can pick a format because the length of the story will determine is this going to be uh, a novel, a uh, you know crazy fucking epic eight fucking novel eight eight uh eight book novel series you know is it going to only be a single movie is it going to be a short story is it going to be a short comic like you know certain uh formats have um expected lengths to them and a certain level of detail in various aspects of the story so as you explore the story figuring out what the legs are and thus how long it will be approximately and then figuring out what the um the central story beats are going to be will kind of start telling you okay this kind of feels like it's fitting into this kind of genre that that tells me it's kind of fitting into this kind of um format based on um based on all these things and i think you'll you'll kind of start leaning towards one or the other but i think ultimately like if you have two options to choose from that you know could work like maybe you are like uh it could be a short story or it could be a movie because like there's the same generally the same level of detail and length and stuff like that i think the deciding factor is what's possible for you to do right now do you have a whole team of people to make a movie Mm, then maybe it should be a short story or you could do a screenplay and try to submit it you know whatever but also what interests you the most what do you want to see it as do you want to see it as a short do you want to read it as a short story or do you want to see it visually you know what uh that's that's a question for um yourself is what are you most interested in 
We, yeah, we haven't actually touched on that, but I think it's a good point to uh, think about the scope of your story in terms of how can it be produced. I wouldn't say that's exactly near the beginning of a story, but knowing what your story is capable of doing and what it's capable of becoming is is just a reality check for you. Yeah, yeah it's actually a, it's a good way to develop details. I was picturing like if I was listening to Lord of the Rings instead of just watching it, I think I would still be interested in it. Like it's, And I'm thinking about my own mm-hmm. story, I'd be like, if I was just listening to it without seeing anything, what would I want mm-hmm. it to sound like? Uh, that way I focus on like the dialogue or like description. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can go for a very ethereal approach to story, and it's it's something you should do at the very beginning. If you're willing to experiment and break the boundaries of right. established media forms, do you, do you want to have a book with an accompanying audio track? Right. And that, that exists. Story. And with with the state of the internet, it's very possible to experiment with these things. But you have yeah. to realize that there are limitations to what you can and can't do. I wouldn't say stifle your creative vision just because you can't make, you know, The Dark Knight right, right. now because you're 12. But that doesn't mean that you couldn't write The Next Dark Knight and then end up being Christopher Nolan exactly. all along. Bwah. Exactly. <laughs> But again, uh, I think we d- we didn't actually touch on it. When you're building a world, if your story is extremely visual, if it's if it's all about the grandeur, if it's all about crane shots and drones yeah. and helicopters, if that's how you're picturing it, you might be making a movie, and that might help you. That might help you choose a format. Now, obviously, you don't have to do that. Tolkien didn't do that. Somebody else did that. But understanding how you want your vision portrayed is is a big part of choosing your format. And you don't have to know right away, but you should have an inclination an idea of where it should go and there's no problems with adapting one to another taking a short story and adapting into a screenplay very easy well not very easy but something you should consider if that's what you want to do because your ideas right. might change you can't be hard about anything not right away so what about like uh there's some creative ways to start stories like you could do it in a group you don't necessarily have to be by yourself be a collaborative effort yeah working in a team is something you it's definitely possible i definitely find for me that's um an easier way to do it um having somebody to just bounce ideas off of right even if even if like it's my own story just occasionally going like look okay i'm trying to just figure out this piece and explaining what's going on and uh to somebody else and just kind of hearing what they have to say can be very helpful so i definitely like working with some other person or people uh when i'm writing it's a loose form of criticism that's Mm -hmm. what it boils down to yeah, working yeah, working in a group completely... of people, you're all criticizing each other. And it's not a bad thing. It's a very good yeah. thing. Yeah. The thing is, you have to be careful about who you work with. And I'm not, That's true. I'm not trying to say uh-huh. that anybody I work with. But the idea is that if you work with people who are too like-minded, you might mm-hmm. end up getting too narrow of a focus. You might bounce ideas off each other and uh, I don't know uh, if I agree exemplify with that, your worst aspects. I, I, don't, I don't see it. but <laughs> Thank you, Tom. You, you are most graciously welcome. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll see you the next whatever amount of time we're waiting between podcast episodes. <laughs> Watch as the seedling grows of our pod. Oh my God.